Greetings. Welcome to our 18th episode of the FGI podcast series. My name is Tim Stark, and I'm a professor of civil engineering at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. On today's episode, we are going to focus on U.S. EPA reconsiderations of CCR regulations impacting the geosynthetics industry. Our guests today are Harold D. Register, Jr., also referred to commonly as JR, of Consumers Energy in Jackson, Michigan, and Andrew Bittner, Andy, of Gradient in Boston, Massachusetts. JR and Andy, thanks for squeezing this podcast into your busy schedules and joining us from Michigan and Massachusetts. We received a number of questions about CCR regulations based on your webinar that you gave uh, last week and that I'd like to ask you today. So here's the first question. Is EPA expecting to review alternative liner evaluations? The CCR rule has required publication documents, but EPA is hands-off and the CCR rule relied on lawsuits for enforcement. So JR, could you address that question? Certainly. Um, the, the final rule for a holistic approach to closure Part B hasn't been published yet as a final rule, but EPA, in terms of their draft rule, made it very clear that there was a two-step process that they would look at. The first step would be an initial application submitted by the owner-operator to EPA declaring that they intended to submit a liner demonstration, and it would include enough information for EPA to be able to consider within 30 days that um, that demonstration would be um, a viable demonstration for them to make. So once EPA um, approved that, um, they had 60 days to review that. So that is written into the rule. And what they would do is they would respond either affirmatively or ask for additional question from the owner operator. So um, not only is EPA um, definitely intending to look at these, but they will likely also have a website put up similar to what they're doing with the Part A demonstrations. Great. Thank you, JR. Next question is, I believe the CCR rules resulted in more use of geosynthetics for closure of CCR facilities, so it was good news for the geosynthetics industry. However, it was more expensive to the utilities and consumers. If this is not true, please provide your take on it. Andy, could you address that question? Sure. The use of geosynthetics has increased due to the closure of CCR facilities, uh, especially since long-term disposal facilities have utilized geosynthetics in components of the liner system and the final cover system. Uh, the incorporation of the geosynthetics has come at an increased price for closing CCR facilities. However, the cost of capping at a CCR facility with a geomembrane still pales in comparison to the cost of excavating the CCR and redisposing it in a different location. Uh, thus, to the extent that geosynthetics have increased the acceptance and the reliability of capping a CCR facility in place, uh, they have provided value and cost savings, bo both to the utilities and to consumers. Great, thanks Andy. Next question is, is consumer energy or any other utility you know pursuing CCR impoundment with an alternate closure? If yes, do you know what it consists of? JR, I think you should take this one. Yes, thank you. So Consumers Energy um, actually had initiated um, 
closure for all of their online surface impoundments prior to any of the rulemaking uh, requiring this. So um, alternative closure is not what Consumers Energy will be pursuing as part of our overall closure strategies for CCR impoundments. Um, EPA, um, in terms of other utilities for this alternate closure, EPA has developed a public-facing website for the implementation under the Part A holistic approaches to closure, where those public demonstrations are going to be posted and summary information is available to the public to be able to keep up with what EPA's review status is on those items. And so um, that's under two different provisions that um, a owner-operator can say that there's an infeasibility to close. Um, so that's uh, part one of that um, rulemaking effort. Or if um, the owner-operator is permanently ceasing the coal-fired boiler operation, that's part two of it. So um, if you look um, up uh, for EPA CCR Part A implementation, uh, you'll be able to see that um, website. It'll come up in your URL search. Great. Thanks, JR. Next question is, I believe GCO would be considered alternative liner replacing compacted clay, and this could be demonstrated. What are your thoughts on this? Andy, uh, why don't you take that one? Sure. Uh, the, the current federal bottom liner standards uh, require a 30 mil geomembrane underline, underlain by two feet of compacted soil with a hydraulic conductivity of less than 10 to the minus 7 centimeters per second, or a geomembrane with an underlying geocomposite layer that meets the same performance standards. Uh, thus, the use of a GCL as a replacement for the underlying compacted soil layer is allowed as long as you can demonstrate that it performs at the at an acceptable level. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, next question. Uh, have you considered the long-term salt concerns with clay and GCLs in the lining of these sites? Uh, Andy, why don't you take that one? Uh, sure. So the Low Power Research Institute, EPRI, uh, conducts research in new areas that are significant and relevant power generating industry. Um, so EPRI has conducted specific research uh, that addresses the evaluations and design considerations of GCLs with specific uh, you know, respect to CCR leachate. Um, some of those I'll, I'll just cite quickly here. In November of 2014, there was a study that was uh, the engineering properties of geosynthetic clay liners permeated with coal combustion product leachate. Uh, and in September of 2016, they had a study which was the hydraulic conductivity of compacted soil liners permeated with coal combustion product leachates. Great. Thanks. And we'll post those on our website, these two EPA documents, uh, the sites to them. Uh, next question. Does this updated closure EPA rulemaking also apply to other coal facilities such as coal waste and slurry impoundments? JR, could you answer that question? Sure. Um, the updated uh, closure rule applies to all online CCR surface impoundments that were subject to closure under the uh, original April 17, 2015 federal rule. The definition of a lined unit changed with the USWAG decision, as was discussed in the um, uh, webinar that we uh, presented. And what that does is it requires that any surface um, impoundment that doesn't have a composite liner and at least two feet of compacted clay uh, as part of that system of a liner, um, it subjects it to the closure under the rule. 
Great. The next question, JR, is sort of similar, so I'll pitch it to you as well. Do the CCR rules apply to facilities that were closed before the rule, CCR rules came out? Oh, yeah, that's a good distinction. So when the when the federal rule originally uh, published in April 17th of 2015, uh, EPA um, in the preamble spent time talking about what um, closure and closed meant for surface impoundments because they recognized that there was some um, hazard associated with them in the record that they reviewed. So EPA said that closed surface impoundments, meaning that they had gone through the closure prior to the effective date of the rule, it was not EPA's intent to reclose them or to subject them to upgraded standards. And so as long as those units um, could not contain water or impound liquid any longer, they wouldn't be subject to the, um, to the federal rule. Now, it is important to point out that um, the legacy surface impoundment uh, notice uh, that has come out is attempting to at least revisit um, definitionally what that might mean, but it's not intended to address closed surface impoundments, only those that were inactive or would not have otherwise closed in a manner that liquids could no longer be impounded in the surface impoundment. Great. Thanks, JR. Uh, next question. These are some questions we received after the webinar. I am glad to see that EPA is injecting some sanity by allowing the evaluation of natural materials by thoroughly understanding the geology slash hydrogeology in order to assess potential liner performance. But this probably will not just involve conducting a few borings, so it will require significant resources. Andy, could you address that question? Sure, and, and this is uh, this is a very good point, uh, and we certainly didn't uh, intend to imply last week in our webinar that only a minimal amount of hydrogeological characterization work uh, would be required in order to make a successful alternative liner demonstration. Uh, in fact, US EPA has stated the opposite. Uh, they are uh, they are uh, intending that there is a very high standard and a very thorough understanding of site conditions would be required uh, before approving an alternative liner demonstration. Great. Thank you, Andy. Um, last two, JR, I think are related to your expertise. Outside of the CCR impoundment world, we typically are hesitant to design composite liner systems for ponds as we're concerned about uplift acting below the geomembrane. When a single liner is not adequate, we lean towards a double liner with a geonet leak detection system in between the two composite liner systems, like what we do for hazardous waste sites. Do you have any thoughts on how to address this risk, sounds like uplift risk, with composite liners for CCR ponds? Certainly. Um, you know, the, the, the fact that these are saturated uh, systems and that there is, you know, water and you are going to have, you know, a balance of forces. So there's a buoyant force and a surcharge um, that you, you want to ballast to, um, to uh, counteract that. Um, you know, for these types of impoundments, there are typically 
a sufficient amount of materials that are in the system that are effectively acting as that ballast. And so within the industry, uh, the coal-fired combustion utility industry that's um, utilizing these types of units, um, that ballasting component, um, it's typically incorporated as part of the actual residuals that are going to be on top of a drainage layer and on top of that overall system. So we haven't really seen that being as much of a problem, whereas if you were just simply um, managing water in a pond. Yep, exactly. Uh, and JR, last question. How would you interpret the CCR rule regarding CAP system that is no less permeable than the bottom liner system? If you have a composite bottom liner system, does the CAP require a full composite system or would a single geomembrane be defendable because its permeability is the same as the geomembrane in the bottom composite liner system? This is a really good question because I think it's easy to look at the performance being based on hydraulic conductivity and then other elements of the cover system being technology-based. It's a little bit difficult to see where uh, where one might fall within that um, spectrum of, uh, of solutions. And really what ends up happening EPA has uh, published a number of guidances, and one in particular is the technical guidance document for final covers on hazardous waste landfills and surface impoundments that was published in July of 1989 by EPA. And what they indicated was that uh, they made it clear that for the long-term minimization of migration of liquids through a closed landfill disposal unit and to address the permeability being less than or equal to the permeability of a bottom liner system or natural subsoils present, EPA indicated that a, um, that a two-component system consisting of a geomembrane that um, underlies at least 24 inches of low permeability soil could be designed, constructed, and operated um, that would be underneath a drainage layer, layer that effectively achieves the technology performance standard um, that would be needed to be achieved. And so this is really important to point out as we talk about either technologies in terms of improved systems or um, as we've talked about the alternate liner systems, especially natural clay that may have substantially low uh, hydraulic conductivity, that it would be a technology um, component that would address that. Great, Andy, uh, JR, and I'll, we'll post this technical guidance on final covers also on the website, the citation to it. So thanks, JR and Andy, for your excellent webinar and this podcast. That is all the time we have today. If you have questions or would like additional information, please email me or Andy and JR. Their contact information is on the last slide of the webinar. You can reach me at fabricatedgeomembrane at gmail.com or visit the FGI website at fabricatedgeomembrane.com. Andy and JR, thanks so much for joining us and see you soon. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Thank you.